The following program may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Radio That Doesn't Suck Incorporated or its employees. Welcome to Real Estate Toronto, the radio show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area with Aura Ross from the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to realestatetoronto.com radio. And we have a new new URL. Are we ready to release that on the unsuspecting public? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, we'll keep yet. them in. Keep them in. Uh, you can suspense. still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, people can still reach us at realestatetoronto.com or maholandross.com. And if people like the more personal approach, they can actually phone us at four one six two three zero eighty five hundred. Or even a more personal approach, if you're in the neighborhood, feel free to drop into our office at 246 Shepherd West in the Young Shepherd area. And an open house. Just drop in and say hi. If you ever see the open house signs, you know a lot of the people that do uh, stop in are people that have questions in the neighborhood. So we welcome that for sure. I mean, obviously, if we're busy with with potential buyers for the home, we need to uh, make sure we're doing our duty to the sellers there. But oftentimes we get these slow marks points and people can come in and we can uh, answer lots of questions or help them with some stuff they're working on. Awesome. So what's on today's show? Well, you know, last week we talked about the whole um, investor uh, multi-unit yep. thing, which we've all just been, I mean, we've been so excited about all week. Um, but so I want what I wanted to talk a little bit about today is what the rental market looks like in the GTA. Okay. So sort of segue and, and sort of wrap that up. And then um, for those people, this is a busy time of year, not just for the holidays and the new year, but this is a the second busiest time for families to move in the year. Um, typically, it's in the month of June to July is the actual moving, busy moving time. Yeah. People sell in the spring, make their move in the summer. Um, this is the second busiest time. So we're going to give you a little bit of helpful helpful advice to help you with your move, help you plan it out so you're not sitting there two days before the truck comes thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. So we've got a little bit of a list we can we can share with you. We're crying in my eggnog. Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, I want to, some of the points we've got here, are how to work your packing and so on around your holidays that, that might make it easier. I will take notes. Okay. All right. Stay tuned. More realestatetoronto.com <laughs> radio around the corner. music you'll hear on Out of the Blue will be jazz for the most part. No specific styles or genres. Every piece of music is handpicked to deliver quality performances. Out of the Blue can be heard on rtds.ca, live Mondays 1 to 3 p.m., and encore performances Tuesday to Friday, anytime on demand. It's the true spirit of jazz, a touch of everything and then some. Thanks for listening. I'm Larry Green. Buying or selling a home? 
condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. So we're talking about the rental market, Mm -hmm. which is intriguing because there's still a lot of us that do rent. Hey, um, there's, I know a lot of you out there renting and, um, a lot of our listeners are those people and we've talked about them. We've talked about you guys for a long time and that is you've got equity in your home and you could be buying a second property an investment property and you're nervous. You're nervous about getting a bad tenant. You're nervous about getting no tenant. Yes. Um, the work involved when you have tenants, um, we're all nervous about it. And so please keep listening to our show and hopefully we'll give you enough help and advice and encouragement to, to take the leap because we do know that when people hit that retirement uh, and hopefully you can hit it in your 60s, having that second property can make it that so much easier. Yes. Having that income. So I know for those of you that are 20, 30, 40, even 50, you're going, ah, I don't need to worry about it right now. But it's, it's about doing it as soon as possible and not worrying about it, sitting on it. And then when you're 50, 60, 70, you've got something. And there's no guarantees that you're going to be making more money when you're older or have more disposable income. So right. the sooner you can look at that and make it a part of your financial portfolio, yeah. the better. And and again, you know, I say it often and so many people are caught up in, well, if I buy it today, what will it be worth next year? And I always say, who cares? You know, the question is, what will it be worth in 20 years? Yeah. Or even more importantly, in 20 years, how much income will it be providing you so that when you stop working, somebody's still paying you 2000 3000 4000 whatever it costs for them to live in that house. Yeah. Uh, that gives you that money. But so I thought it would be important to sort of share with our listeners what what is what does the rental market look like out there and um, it's been pretty spectacular okay. this year. So in the third quarter 2015, the, now this is Toronto Real Estate Board. I have to back up. Yep. Ten years ago, the Toronto Real Estate Board and and realtors, I mean, our involvement in the rental market was was very small. I mean, the idea was hire a realtor if you had a really high-end home to lease because we do do all the vetting for you. We check the yeah. uh, their credit and all the credit scores and everything and make sure we're giving you a good tenant. It's really, um, it was a very a unique and very odd thing for people to hire the realtor to lease out their Boutique house. service almost. It at really that time. was. And now today, I, would, I don't know what the percentages are, but it's a huge amount of people who uh, the, the tenants are looking for a realtor to help them find a place, and the homeowners want a realtor to help them find a good tenant. Wow, that's great. Very good. So, I mean, I think it's it's good for the industry, and, and it's good for owners to make sure they have someone to call if there's a problem. Yes. In the third quarter of 2015, 9,635 places, were, apartments were rented on MLS. So, basically 9,600 now, if we look at um, third quarter 2014, we were under 8,000. 
wow. units. So that's telling me there is a strong demand for rental apartments in Toronto. So, well, most of us have been sitting here thinking all these new condos mm-hmm. being bought by all these investors are going to be vacant. I think what it's actually telling us is, no, there is a demand for rental housing in Toronto and in particularly in condominium apartments. So still a good time to look around and find something. And again, you just have to get past that it's not owner occupied. It's an investment for a long term, long term, long term that you want to hold. And like you said, have some income coming in at a future time when you're going to be winding down your career. Yeah. And what's interesting is the number of one bedroom apartments rented was up 24 percent from this time last year. So, again, where people are saying, well, you know, I want to buy something big. I want a big house. I want a big lot. Going back to the investor's mindset of you're going to buy it, sit on it, hold it. Mm-hmm. The the biggest demand is right now in one and two bedroom condominiums. And, and one bedrooms actually are up more than the two bedrooms. What do you think caused that? Uh, maybe a young uh, professional group in the in the workforce needing a place to live. I would also say affordability. You know what I found too in my past experience, it's it's cheaper for a company to buy a condo for their their employees coming from other oh, locations absolutely. and stay in there than than put them up at a hotel. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's probably some of that at play. There might be some of that. Though some you have to be careful. I will warn people. Some condominiums in their um, rules and regulations do not allow short term stays. Mm, good so to you, know. you oh yeah very important important to know if you plan to do the short-term stay or the executive suite or the Airbnb, you want to take a good close look at those rules and regulations. You don't want to be shut down on that. But um, the average rental for a one-bedroom apartment in the GTA right now is $1,657, so $1,657 to rent a one-bedroom apartment. Hmm. It's only up by about $26 from, or maybe what have we got here? I'm doing my short math here. Oh. <laughs> from this time last year for one bedroom. So not a great increase. No, but I would, I would say the demand, I'm going to, I'm going to guess the demand for one and two bedrooms is a, of course, the obvious, and that is our growing city, lots of immigration and all of that. Um, You know, you've also got, think about, you know, people that have gone to university um, around the anywhere in Canada, and now they're coming to Toronto to take their first job. That's their first likely place to live is going to be a one-bedroom condo. Yes. So we've got demand there. We've got demand from immigration. And then we've got just simply the affordability. Um, I'm going to tell you that some of these one-bedroom apartments probably have two adults and a small child. Okay. You know, or three students who Uh. are just finding a way to live in the city and get get to work and do what they need to do. So affordability, right. I think, plays a big part. And I don't have the stats in front of me, but in the past, we have found that when um, prices go up, rentals go up. The demand for rent goes up because the cost, the affordability to buy a home becomes harder. People are forced to look at rentals. There's a bigger gap. Yeah. So as as with, well, this market stays strong, this rental market actually will continue to be strong. And what they did notice as well in the last um, quarter was um, the amount of new listings hitting the market did not go up as much as the amount of uh, units that were being leased out. So that means you've got demand. Wow. So we've got a very, very low uh, vacancy rate. So very healthy for the condo market at this point. You know, again, we a lot of us thought, hey, maybe it'll go 
super soft and flat and we'll have all these empty condos owned by people all over the world. But no, I think I, there's a demand. And it was just, you know, it was probably a year ago we were talking about that where there seemed to be a high vacancy rate and we were all sort of just holding our breath thinking that it would just collapse. And, and, and we even talked about some of the units were not closing because becoming certified or registered because there were so many empty units. Yeah, but it's, I, it's, I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it. there Again, I don't have yep. the, the, the stats for it, but I'm not hearing it out on the street. Um, of all those homes that, all those apartments that did get leased, um, Three quarters of them happened in the cent Toronto Central Districts. So that's sort of from the lakeshore right up to Steeles, um, looking at, say, Victoria Park to just west of Dufferin. Mm. Just looking at that central core straight up, that's where 6,400 of them got rented. Wow. So that's something else to keep in mind, because if you are doing it, it's not to say you can't buy a small condo in Richmond Hill and rent it out. Um, there, there are condos, as all of you know, going up all over the city, but the biggest demand for those rental units is in the, in the central core. And again, transit, I'm thinking transit close sure, to that core. For sure. Because yeah. parking, I mean, I don't know how condos work. If you, if you buy a unit and it comes with a spot, you have to buy a spot, but if you come with a car, it's a little complicated. It is tougher. Right downtown, I'll tell you, some of the condos downtown do not come with parking. And when you want to, as an owner of a small condo, you want to purchase p- parking, um, that price of a parking spot will vary depending on your location from thirty to seventy-five thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! To purchase it, and so on a rental. Um, so sometimes when you're going to rent these units, you should ask. Don't assume they're coming with parking. Mm, yeah. Good to know. Yeah. So there you go. So if you need a place to rent, um, we do help. By the way, at the Mulholland Ross team, we do help um, people get into rental units. And we also help people find rental units to purchase. And we also represent many, many, many um, investors who are leasing out their places. And I might actually add, too, that these aren't just investors leasing out their places. What I'm seeing more of are families who are given an opportunity to maybe take a job somewhere else. They're being relocated for two years. Okay. So they don't want to sell their place. Their plan is to come back to Toronto. So... We're seeing them lease out their places for two years. And you really, you know, because it's not, I mean, it's not like you're going to get emotionally attached to an investment property, but your home, when you're renting or leasing out your home, that's a different thing. And you really want to screen people and make sure that, you know. Well, you know what, I'll tell you. Um, When it comes to leasing out your place, whether you're an investor or whether it's your home and you're putting them in your basement or you're giving them your own home for a couple of years, the screening is critical, and um, because when you we have talked in the past about having bad tenants, I've yep. told you my own experience yep. or parts of it. Um, we always joke that when you're selling your home, you'll sell your home to anyone. You don't have to like them. If the numbers work, they're going to buy your home. You're moving out. Yep. You're never going to see them again. No. When it comes to leasing, you really care. And I have watched people lease to the right people for $50, $100 less than what they're being offered by someone else, but they really like that tenant. And I will tell you, when it comes to leasing out your place, it's not, it is about the money, but it's about the people first. And and that's polar opposite from what you said about just pure investing. Pure investing is just a numbers game, and that's what we heard our guest last week talk about. It's a numbers game when you're purchasing it. Yes. But when you go to find those great tenants and you've got 10 applications sitting in front of you, it's not just about picking the highest price. You're looking for job security. You're looking for references from the last people that they've rented. How long were they there? Do we have any complaints on them? You know, 
because let's face it, someone shows up at your place and says, Todd, I want to rent out your basement. I got to get out because I'm suing the last lady I lived with. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, you know, I got to go because I, you know, I, I trashed her basement and she's kicked me out. Yeah. You know, not that anyone would admit it, but those are the things we're, we're worried about. Well, that's so, an important question to ask you. Have you ever had any issues with your landlord? I mean, how, yeah. how well do and you get along and can I get a reference? Can I get a reference from your last landlord? Can I call them? And will they call me back? And no yeah. is always a, is always the wrong answer. That's right. That's right. So for you guys out there looking to compete in this highly competitive rental market, and you're trying to find a nice one bedroom, these are the things you can have organized. Your references. Make sure that you know anyone who didn't like you. You know. You've paid off. You've or paid. <laughs> you've moved them. <laughs> don't list them. You, you bring them an Amadeus cake, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. There's, there's got to be it something. It works. It goes a long way. It does grease the wheels. The squeaky <laughs> wheel gets the grease. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to RealEstateToronto.com Radio. Annoying, frustrating. Of course, you're referring to me. Some days, enlightening, engaging. And now you're referring to yourself. Most days. <laughs> Just a few of the words employed to describe our show, The Mots. You'll come up with your own. Hi, we're The Mots, Paul and Carol. Inviting you to join us weekdays at 2 on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. And there's an encore performance with Mots Weekend. You can check us out at themots.ca. Here's another word for you. Oh, I wouldn't go there. It's Paul Capulcante, host of The Vinyl Experience, with a couple of magic numbers for you to remember. This is real simple. Are you ready? Here we go. Nine and three. Every Sunday at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and for good measure, 3 a.m. on Monday. This is all Eastern Time. Your time's for The Vinyl Experience. Looking forward to this segment because you are guaranteeing me a smooth move. A smooth move. It's what we promise all our clients. Okay. Um, so as I sit here in a pile of boxes. Uh-huh, yeah, and <laughs> tape guns and tape everything guns, else. Tape guns, exacto knives. Yeah. Um, no beer bottles. I put those way before you got here. <laughs> so one of my very first pieces of advice um, is to start to start as early as possible. That's that's just day one. So. You're mo- let's say right now, like we're already end of De- November. We're into yeah. December, yeah. right? In a couple of days. And and let's just pretend your moving date was, say, end of February. Yep. So you have three months. Um, lots of time. Lots no of time. Worries. Like, don't even worry about I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to enjoy Christmas. That's what I'm telling you. If I were some guy off the street and that yeah. was my closing date, I'd say, you know what? I'm not even going to stress myself out during Christmas, right? Is that the right plan well, or no? Well, you know what? Okay. There's no right or wrong. I could see people saying that, and if you were super organized um, and you wanted to get through the holidays, I could actually see that working for I'm some people. I'm it's wrong. But I, I don't think it's right. Yeah, so here's, here's my, my first advice is to, um, is to sort of make a list. If your realtor hasn't given you sort of a list of what to do leading up to closing dates, start with a list. And the first list, um, the first item on the list is really what... What can I do now? Even we're going into the holidays. What can I put away? What can I do now gearing up for the holidays? So usually it starts right about now. You guys are going into your the bins under your stairs and you're yep. pulling out the holiday decorations and stuff. So right from this get-go, what is it that you never want to see again in that holiday bin? Let's start trashing. Oh, so get rid of stuff first. Get, Don't just pack it all and move it. That's right. Oh, yes. 
That's it. It's critical. Here's what happens is people pack everything at their house. They get to their new place and say, why did I even spend the time packing Uh, this? And now I'm unpacking it and I'm putting it right into my garbage. So everything you're going to do for the next 30 days is you're going to ask yourself, do I want it at all? And do I need this again before I move into the next place? So the first thing as we get into the cold weather, I would say to people, start packing the stuff that you're not going to use till you get into your new place, which means all your summer stuff. Sorry, it's done. Unless you're planning your summer holiday as well, and you're going to go to Florida or something for a week. That's a whole other issue. Wow. Um, Start packing all that stuff, your bathing suits, your summer stuff, your your fun gear. Just pack it. You're not going to use it again till next summer. Yep. And start filling the bins. Bins. I love bins. We talk boxes. Boxes are good. We like boxes, and certainly things um, are. You need good solid boxes. I'm yep. looking around at awesome U-Haul boxes. Yep. Um, they're amazing. Rubbermaid bins are great for clothing. Yes. So when you're putting summer stuff, all those things away, just start getting rid of them right out out of the bat, and then put out your holiday stuff that you're enjoying, yep. for sure. And just know that at the end of the holidays, you're putting it back into one bin. It's packed. You're not going to use it again till till the next uh, next year and you're not going to see it again until you get to your new house but some of the other things that people don't really think about are little things like as i look at exacto knife tape and all that stuff yep. if you grab a little rubber bucket or a bin and decide all your moving gear is going to go in there your tape your knives your scissors your yep. markers because don't forget you need to mark these boxes string and rope and whatever all that stuff that. Put it in a bucket. If you've got a big home, create two or three buckets around your house so that what you don't have is somebody packing in their bedroom. They take the bucket. They leave something out. You're in the basement. You need the bucket. Where's the bucket? Who? You know. So you almost want a bucket on each floor. Can I tell you something? We bought a second tape gun this week Woo-hoo. because it was, who's got the tape gun and I just had it and somebody walked away with it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have multiples and then the rule is, is when you're done with it, put it back in the bucket. Okay. Okay. So do you need me to grab you some buckets? Is that rule number one? Yes, I need buckets. Okay, we're going to get you some buckets. Um, The other thing is, is that now's a great time. Now, a lot of people, when they're preparing to sell their home, have already gone through some of this. Mm -hmm. So when we made you clean and organize and throw out last month for the the staging, this is where you're going to look back at that and go, oh, thank God we did this because now most of it's done. So... It is still about looking around your home with a little more critical eye and asking yourself, do I really want this in the new place? If it's something you love that you actually, you love, there's something sentimental about it, you don't think you'll ever put it out on your mantle, you'll never have it anywhere. It's going to sit in a box at the other place too. One of the things we've learned, especially when we're helping seniors move out of big places and they have to go into seniors' homes, is take a picture of it. Create a photo Mm. album of things. If you need to look at it again, take a picture of it. Give it away to someone who's going to put it on their mantle. I had that exact same conversation this week. Mm. I have a collection of concert shirts from when I was 16 or 17 that I will never wear again, but they evoke good memories for me. So I am going to take many pictures of them. Are you selling them? Um, they wouldn't fit anyone bigger than a size two, I think. But <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, I mean, that's another thought. I mean, I could always sell them and see, but yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not packing them. Yeah. Put your, your kids won't wear um, they don't know who uh, Jimi Hendrix is. <laughs> well, why not? Yeah, why know, not? Come I'm a on, bad you're a bad parent. Um, one of the other things you're going to need to do on a on a um, just a practical note. Chances are, if you're selling this house, if you're packing, moving out, you're going somewhere. 
if you've purchased that new place, you need to make sure that a few things are in line for when you move in. And one is insurance. A lot of people forget that they need to have their insurance binder ready for closing date. Okay. So that means you've got to call your insurance company, let them know you're moving, let them know the dates. They're going to give you a whack of questions to ask. Everything from when the furnace was changed, the roof was changed, what kind of wiring's in the home. One of the questions you're going to be asked is, where is the closest fire hydrant to your home? It actually affects your insurance. So um, again, we offer a whole list for people to go through, but these are things like don't wait till a week before closing to think, oh, this is easy. I'll call my insurance company. They'll look after it. Chances are they will, but you're going to stress and you'll stress them out. So just know that for closing, we need that in the insurance stuff. We need to go to the post office and make sure we're doing the um, notification of the new address change. So any mail that comes here, if you didn't notify a bank or you didn't notify a friend, it's going to get rerouted to your new place. And now you can do this online as well if you go to CanadaPost.ca. Nice. And you can do that for, I mean, I remember one place where I was getting stuff like a yearly newsletter. So I did it for a year and I went, oh my goodness, I forgot to notify this yeah. this group. Yeah, yeah. So I think they do it in, in bunches of 12 weeks, but maybe you can just do it for a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. And they might charge you as well. Might be a charge on that. So you want to make sure that you're notifying the gas company, the hydro company, you're canceling your account, you're setting up your new account on the new place. Uh, taxes, or sorry, water and sewage, you don't need to worry about. They're attached to your tax bill. So that actually happens within the lawyer's closing. So lawyers used to do all that and now they no longer do that? Many years ago, the lawyers would do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah but they don't allow us to do it anymore. Um, Big, big piece of advice for you that folks that are moving into a condominium, book your elevator and you book that elevator as soon as possible. If you're moving in March and it is now December, book it because there's nothing worse than planning everything, booking your movers, doing all sorts of stuff. You find out from the condo that someone else has booked the elevator and most condominiums will only allow one elevator to be out for moving. In so, a day. So you can't even leapfrog. You can't. I mean, it's blocked for a period of time. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Good to know. So that's the big one. I've watched way too many condo people get stuck. And um, the only the, the other piece of advice I have is um, going back to sort of holiday time. Mm-hmm. I got this actually from a client last week and I thought I'd share this is at holiday time is most people are, you know, kids are coming home for the holidays. You tell your kids you're leaving with your stuff or it's going out. (laughs) Um, You know, and when I'm talking kids, I mean, some of these people, you have adult kids. But let's face it, as I'm an adult kid, I still have stuff, you know, you know, back at home, you know, at my parents' place. So this is the time where your kids are coming home. Make them take their stuff. If there's other things that you'd like to give away, great time when people are coming over to share some holiday cheer. By the way, we're giving away this candle set. We're giving away this dish set. Who do you know that might want to use it? Yes, and recycle. There's all sorts of recycling places that will take it. So many places. If you go online and search, you know, free. Restore it is a good place to give stuff to as well. Habitat for Humanity, restore it. You can get some great things Yeah, they'll take just about anything if they feel they can use it, and it goes to a good cause. Um, Of course, Value Village is amazing. Um, Community Living is great. And there's so many services out there. The Furniture Bank will come take your stuff. They will charge you to, to move your stuff, but they'll give you a tax receipt for the what you paid as on top of what they feel it was worth. 
Nice. And one I've been uh, familiar with um, is the Canadian Center for Abuse Awareness that will take oh. furniture and clothing, gently used things, and uh, give it out to women that are escaping domestic violence situations That's amazing. and helping children. Wonderful as well. Yep. I'll have to make note of that. That's great. And, and you know what? Sorry, just to interject, one fun, you want to have some fun with that when the kids come back is wrap it up as Christmas presents. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> That would be good. What are my pajamas doing here? Take <laughs> yeah. them with you. You're yeah. leaving with That's them. That's right. That's right. Um, and then a couple of things you want to do right on the day or two before moving. Um, do your last bit of laundry. Drain the washroom. If you're taking your appliances, you need to mm. drain them. You need to unhook them. Yep. You need to get all that stuff done. Again, some movers won't do this. So these are questions that you can ask your mover ahead of time. Will yep. you do this? Will you take furniture apart? Do you need us to take yes. it apart? Um Buy one of the best things we found uh, for people moving are little Ziploc bags, and you carry you use those. They go in your bucket. And I'm just going to uh, end our session today on something I feel is very important. I call it moving day etiquette. Moving day etiquette, because when a buyer buys a house, the day the minute the money is transferred over to the seller, legally they have the keys to the home and they have access to the home. Right. However. That day is often the same day the sellers are moving out. And the sellers are often not out of the house by the time the buyer gets the keys. So I call it moving day etiquette. And the etiquette means sellers get out as quickly as you can. Hmm. Don't leave anything behind. Buyers, please let the sellers get out before you start walking into the house. There's nothing worse than a seller moving, have movers there, boxes going in and out, stressed as all because you're always stressed at this moment. And two sets of movers going in and out. And suddenly a buyer, even if the buyer's mover isn't there, the buyers themselves deciding to walk in because after all, they own it, they have the keys, and now it's their house. And it's just a really uncomfortable, awkward, unnecessary moment to take place. So I I ask every realtor that I do business with, I always find out, are we moving in and out on the same day? And if we, we if we are, we talk about moving day etiquette and please let our sellers complete what they need to do before you come in. See, back in my day, you didn't get the keys until they turned them into the lawyer's office and you met at the wherever to exchange keys. Well, it still kind of happens that way. It's just that if the buyer's lawyer is able to close at one o'clock, yeah. the, buyer, the buyer's lawyer has the key and will call the buyers up and say, I've got your key. Come on, get it. The house is yours. Hmm. Buyers Good grab the key, they run over to their new place, and there's a truck in the driveway. What are you doing? Yeah. Get out. So just be calm, be cool. By the end of the day, it'll all be done. And let them clean and sweep and, and do a yeah, few things before they I, get out. Don't rush them out. Yeah. I, I think it's really important. Oh. Okay, so there's my little... Common sense moment. Stay tuned to more realestatetoronto.com radio right after this break. realestatetoronto.com radio and I'm being rushed out of my house here. <laughs> but I want to give a big shout out to the neighbors and community um, including Todd. Thank you so much for the phones that have been donated to our uh, friend who are taking him out to Africa in a couple of weeks. I think we've got about 23 phones in our awesome. office now. So we're really excited and I want to just thank everyone for their generosity. And just a reminder that um, we have a food drive going and, and our food drive is quite unique because we, we run it long past the holiday 
uh, period anyway. So if you feel you can't get to our office or give us a call and we'll come pick up a bag of food. And if you can't do it before the holidays, just know that after the holidays, people still wake up hungry and yep. we're still donating and getting them food. So if you're in the two, in the Young Shepherd area and you can drop by 246 Shepherd West, um, we will happily take your non-perishable items. And an easy way to do this is when everybody, you know, you're inviting family over for dinner, they go, what can we bring? You can say, well, oh, you can bring great. pie, but also bring a, a tin of something or something non-perishable that we can donate. And then everybody's there. They all get it together. And it's that's really great. simple. That's great. That's great. And, and and there is a demand for baby foods, baby products, and um, protein. So any sort of canned meats or cheese. Uh, yeah, peanut any, butter, yeah. Yeah, peanut cool. butter's huge, yeah. So there you go. And uh, I wish everybody a fabulous week. Excellent. You too. As you continue to pack. Go sell some homes. <laughs> <laughs> you go pack a box. Yeah, I will. You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio.